Hello everyone, welcome to Yelling from the Couch, I'm Brent Humphreys. On this episode, it's a preview of the Browns-Bengals matchup this Sunday in Cleveland. As I had on as a guest to preview with me, Tyler Johnson. He covers the Browns on the Faithful Dog podcast. He also has a podcast covering Ohio State football, the Scarlet and Gray podcast. He's also the co-founder of Network 216 you can follow him at T underscore Johnson underscore TJ on X slash Twitter, whatever you prefer to call it. And we talk about what the Browns' expectations are for this season, the loaded roster that the Browns have, the matchups he likes for this Sunday's game, the Browns getting an early bye week, this year and what he thinks the key matchup is in this ball game coming up between the Browns and the Bengals and we give our predictions so stick around and we'll be right back after this with my guest Tyler Johnson thank you at this time I'd like to welcome from the Faithful Dogs podcast and the Scarlet and Gray podcast co-founder of Network 216 Tyler Johnson Welcome in, Tyler. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, really looking forward to talking some Browns here uh, with you. It's week one of the NFL season is finally here. It feels like we've been waiting a long time. I know I'm pretty. I've been pretty impatient waiting for football, and I sh- I'm sure you have been too. Absolutely, man. Uh, this past weekend with the NCAA getting started, uh, I was just glad that football was back for real, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Sunday it's going to, you know, this weekend amped up even more, and I just yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Thursday night football, so we have football in just two days. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it's the Chiefs and the Lions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to go, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> but the but the one we're here for, yeah, exactly. But the one we're here for to talk about is the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Cleveland for the first game of the season. What are the expectations for the Browns after coming off of a disappointing seven and ten record last season? It's a really good question. So. For us as Browns fans, the expectation, to be completely honest with you, is this team needs to make the playoffs. Um, on paper, and again, I say on paper because every single year, I feel in the last couple of years, um, it feels like the Browns have been paper champions with the offseason that they have had. And yeah. I think that's no different, again, this offseason. You go out, you trade for Zadarius Smith, you gave up nothing to get him. Uh, you bring in Elijah Moore, who was not used effectively by the Jets, and they really wasted his talent. Um, but that was to the Browns' game. And now you are at the point where Deshaun Watson is going to be playing a full season of football. And that is something that is desperately needed for the Browns. You traded, you gave up all these assets in order to get him. Now that needs to pay off. And you're lo- you're really loaded on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Juan Thornhill. Your def- you've won the best defensive lines also in the NFL. Miles Garrett, Darius Smith, Shelby Harris, Dalvin Tomlinson. You look on paper, the Browns have a top five roster in the entire NFL. The expectation is this team needs to make the playoffs. Not only do they need to make the playoffs, they need 
to make hopefully a run. I, a lot of Browns fans would be happy if we just won a playoff game this year. Um, I think for me personally, I want to win a playoff game for sure. I think getting to the playoffs is the first step because if you look at the rest of the AFC North, it's a gauntlet. You have, of, of course, Cincinnati, who is the favorite once again. Baltimore, can't count them out, even though, again, outside of Lamar Jackson, the offense doesn't necessarily have a lot of guaranteed talent there. Uh, if you're looking at the Ravens besides Lamar, um, and then you look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is there every single year. So the expectation is the Browns need to make the playoffs this year, and if they do not make the playoffs, there are going to be a lot of changes, and that would start at the top with head coach Kevin Stefanski. You mentioned the Ravens there real quick. I was just going to say, you know, they've got Odell Beckham, but he didn't play all last year, so don't really know what you're going to get out of him this year. Mm -hmm. Like you said, besides Lamar, what do the Ravens, you know, they're not as impressive rosters as the, these other teams in the mm -hmm. North. Um, so Deshaun Watson, this will be his first full season since 2020. Yep. What are the expectations for Deshaun Watson this season? Is he going to return back to his Texans form? Mm -hmm. So the expectation for Deshaun Watson is he is going to be that top 10 quarterback that the Browns not only are paying for, but the assets that they gave up prove that it was worth giving up those assets. I, I think you look at what the Browns are going to be running week one, it is not going to be anything that Bengals fans and let alone Browns fans have seen since Kevin Stefanski has been the head coach. You're looking at a completely new offense, and this offense is going to be made to, tailored to Deshaun Watson's skill set. You're going to see a lot of concepts that they ran at Clemson, that he ran in Houston. The Browns led the NFL this preseason and snaps out of shotgun. I believe that was about 45% of their overall snaps were out of shotgun. Now, a lot of people would say, well, Nick Chubb wasn't playing. And that, that is true. But if you look at Deshaun Watson's percentage in the gun when he was in Houston, it was, I believe it led the league. If not, it was top five. So this offense is not going to look like it has in the past. They're tailor tailoring this to Deshaun Watson's skill set. The expectation is he is going to be that top 10 quarterback all accounts out of training camp are that he has gotten back to that level. Now he might be a little rusty the first like week, like weeks one to three. Now rusty, I don't mean he's going to come out and throw a lot of picks, but just maybe some accuracy issues. But you're going to see the playmaking of Deshaun Watson. We already saw it some in the preseason. You've already seen some really nice passes by him in the preseason too. He needed this preseason to really get ramped up for the year. And I think when we look back at it at the end of this year, you're going to say Deshaun Watson is the top 10 quarterback once again. Uh, I know that in the national media, they don't buy that. They don't see him as that level player anymore. And you know what? If that's fine, if they believe that, that is, they can believe that. But Browns fans, most Browns fans, including myself, we believe we are going to see that level Deshaun Watson this year. The only reason we did not see it in 2022 coming off not playing for nearly two years first off that's huge and then you're trying to implement a brand new offensive scheme in the at the very end of the season so naturally the offense is not going to look good it's not going to sink very well and that's what happened with the Browns last year so I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson I think he's going to have a bounce back season and prove why the Browns invested all that guaranteed money and draft picks that they gave to the Houston Texans 
I think last year with his last six, you know, playing those last six games of the season also helps him get back into form for this mm-hmm. season to get all that out, you know, all that rustiness out and everything and playing in this preseason. Yeah. And th- the Browns have faith in him as well. They named him a team captain for this upcoming mm-hmm. week, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really telling. Um, I-, I know that it's gotten some backlash on social media. Listen, I can understand why, but at the same time, if you're the Browns, you want to see that type of leadership from Deshaun Watson. He's really, this is his team. Miles Garrett has been here throughout for his entire career. Nick Chubb has been here his entire career, but don't make any mistake. This is Deshaun Watson's football team. He is going, the Browns are going to succeed based on how he performs. And he has embraced that role, that leadership role. And he is the, the, the engine that's going to make this team go this season. So, you know, all of it does hinge on Deshaun Watson. I know some people say, well, it hinges on coaching too. And I would say it does. But if Deshaun Watson gets back to the player that Browns fans believe he, he is, saw when he was with the Texans, this is going to be a very successful football team uh, in Cleveland. Not only will it be successful, it has the talent to be a Super Bowl contender. There's a lot that has to go right for that to happen. But again, if you look, if you compare the Browns roster to everybody else in the not only in the AFC, but the NFL, it's a top five roster, top to bottom talent wise. But now you have to go out and you have to prove that on the football field. And can they do that? Well, that's the biggest question we're going to find out. Yeah, absolutely. That, that roster offense and defense is loaded. And like you said, on paper, it looks like that they should be a shoe in for a playoff but that's on paper that's mm-hmm. why they play the games uh yep <laughs> kevin we mentioned kevin stefanski uh you mentioned that he would you know there would be some big changes starting with him next season if if it went south mm-hmm. uh so is he considered to be on the hot seat right now or is the seat warm or jim harbaugh coming from michigan as i've been reading or <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm going to start off with is the seat warm? The seat is warm and is that necessarily me like thinking that it should be? Personally, I don't believe it should be and here this is why I say this. Any coach in his situation is very difficult to navigate that regardless of who you are. Baker let, let's go to the the year they made the playoffs. It was a he won coach of the year, I believe, that's his first year at the Browns. And then you go the second year with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Mayfield suffers. His- he should have started after that. That's a topic for a whole other show. But he played with one shoulder basically the majority of the year. And the offense suffered for it. Kevin Stefanski really had to adjust his play calling. It was very difficult on Stefanski to call plays to where Baker could succeed and the Browns offense could succeed. Now... I bring to you last year. The Browns trade for Deshaun Watson. Initially, it's a six-game suspension. The NFL changes that after the judge rules and makes it a 12-game suspension. You brought Jacoby Brissett in for six games. You did not bring Jacoby Brissett in there for 12 games. And nothing against Jacoby Brissett because he did a fantastic job. Statistically, one of the best years of his career was under Kevin Stefanski. Baker Mayfield's best year of his career, under Kevin Stefanski. Can Kevin Stefanski get, make Deshaun Watson give him his best season of his career? I mean, if he does, this team might go to the Super Bowl. 
because I, I, that would be, I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson did in Houston. If Kevin Stefanski gets the best out of him, even better than Houston, then the sky's the limit for the Browns. Stefanski's seat is warm. It, that's not by me saying that, though. I think that is the consensus because of the fact you've missed the playoffs the last two years, regardless of the circumstances. Now, the Jim Harbaugh rumors, and I have seen them too. There was some this off, this past offseason. Um, could even Kevin Stefanski have been fired after this year? Some fans believe he should have been. I was not in that camp. I, I'm a believer in Kevin Stefanski. Some fans are not. I am. The Jim Harbaugh rumors, it's no secret that when Jimmy Haslam tries to go out and hire a head coach, he wants to make a splash, and you're not going to make a bigger splash than Jim Harbaugh. He want, He's wanted Jim Harbaugh before. It wouldn't shock me, and I'm pretty sure I know where you saw that from uh, ESPN Cleveland is probably where mm-hmm. I believe that rumor it came from today, at least, because I did. I was actually listening to it while I was working, and I heard that exact same rumor. Yes. I I wouldn't put stock into that right now. I really wouldn't. Now, at when we get near the end of the year, if the Browns underachieve massively, then all bets are off. And it wouldn't shock me if Jim Harbaugh came to the Browns. Now, am I, like, really wanting that? No, I'm not. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm a believer in Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I, I think he is the right man for the job. And I think he's going to prove a lot of fans wrong this season because I think we're going to see the best out of Deshaun Watson. And ultimately, I'll say this, too. If Kevin Stefanski gets the best out of Deshaun Watson and that's top 10, top five level quarterback play and the Browns miss the playoffs by a game, I don't see them firing Kevin Stefanski because ultimately he got them that that's progression from the previous year by record. And not only that, it's Deshaun Watson back to an elite level. And so the last thing they would do is fire the head coach that got the quarterback back to that elite level and miss the playoffs by the one game at the very end of the season. So his seat is warm. If he misses the playoffs entirely by multiple games, he's fought. I, I will say right now, Kevin Stefanski will be fired. If he misses it by one game, I think he keeps his job as long as Deshaun Watson gets back to that elite level. Yeah. And that's kind of like a two way street too. It, he's going to do Harbaugh's going to do it. Michigan. I know you said you weren't mm-hmm. crazy about Harbaugh coming to the Browns. You know, well, of course, you know, with the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Understand. Totally get it. Uh, but uh, the Browns, they have an early bye week this year. Mm-hmm. Like week five, I think it is, is the bye week. It's, really yeah, early in the season. awful. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, will that hurt them later on in the season? I want to believe, really want to believe that it won't. I it very well might and what's really a bummer I don't know why the NFL I don't know why they did this like giving teams a bye week that early regardless if it's the whoever it is I just think doesn't benefit anybody if you're gonna do that and you're gonna eventually they do want to try and extend the season maybe add another game like you have to give two bye weeks because If you're going to give the Browns a bye week at five, why are we not getting another bye week at like week 13? And I would say this for any NFL team, because I just don't think after five weeks, what is that doing? Like, (laughs) I I mean, honestly, it's not doing much of anything. I would say the one thing they gave the Browns is they get the 49ers after the bye week at home. I I mean, like, and on paper, obviously, (laughs) that's a tough matchup. But San Francisco coming to the East Coast and Cleveland is home for that game. It gives you another week to prepare for one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, sure. 
But that bye week does the Browns absolutely no favors whatsoever. I don't know what the thought process was with the NFL doing that. They're not the only team, of course. The Chargers have that bye week as well. I don't – Seattle does. I don't understand it. I, I wish I did. I think it's kind of ridiculous. And, and even if Cincinnati – any team from the AFC North or the rest of the NFL had that, I would say the same thing. It doesn't benefit any team in the NFL. Now, if the Browns are decimated by injury and we're um, knocking on wood, that's not going to be the case that early in the year. But let's say you have some guys that are injured. I mean, sure, is that week going to help early in the season? Yeah. But ideally – you want your bye week to be either more of the middle or later in the year. And the Browns didn't get that this year. So it's, I don't want to criticize the NFL too much, but with this one, I have to, because I just think it's ridiculous that they're doing that to the Browns this year, but you know what? It is what it is. And you have to find a way to win despite those circumstances. Yeah. As I was going over the schedule earlier and I seen where they had that early bye week and it's like, I think that they should not, have, let teams take bye week until like the middle of October at least mm-hmm. because of, you know you know injuries you know whatever teams need to buy like you're playing that many games in a row after bye week no one and then if you you know the playoffs come if you're in there what are you talking 15 16 games in a row weeks that you're playing yeah. and you know, it's it doesn't favor anybody to get a buy that early exactly it's it's truly ridiculous. Again, it is what it is. And I, I don't, I truly am not a person that makes excuses. I just don't think that's the way to do things. But at the same time, I think the way the NFL did it this year just doesn't make any sense. Or really, I, I, not that I'm saying to help the Browns, but I just don't think it makes sense really at all if you think about it. Um, and so that's really the only problem I have is just like, why that early in the year? So, if anything, like you said, two bye weeks would would benefit every NFL team. Why not push the season up one week? You know, because who's going to complain more football? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> you know, no, exactly. And there's more money for the NFL to be made by because we know at some point they are going to ex- have more. They are going to have more games, and you know. I don't know why, like, they're waiting on it. Just do it now and give these teams an extra buy. I know a lot of NFL teams have been clamoring for that, so it would just make a lot of sense, I think. Yeah, it definitely would. Uh, So you mentioned Nick Chubb earlier. Nick Mm -hmm. Chubb is a beast. (laughs) I think he is a top three running back in the NFL that Mm -hmm. nobody talks about. Why does he not get the attention nationally? as he probably would in Cleveland or the AFC North. I nationally, maybe it's just because of the way he carries himself. I would say that that could play into it. Like the way his mentality, he's not a guy that's going to ever talk to the media. I mean, the only time he's ever talked to the media is when um, the whole running back um, being paid went down um, into the media. And Nick Chubb actually was the center of that and being really vocal for other running backs. Other than that, um, I don't really know. I mean, he's made the playoffs with Cleveland, so it's not like he's never made the playoffs. He's not part of one of the worst teams in the league. I wish I had an answer for you there. I think he just is steady, goes about his job, and doesn't say much to the media. I think that has a lot to do of why maybe nationally people don't talk about him. Um, I also can just say, as far as top three, 
and, and this is going to sound really biased, I do believe Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league from a talent perspective. I think the way he he um, is very patient and like when he's getting the ball, he's patient to let a whole develop for him. It's not Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell had that as well. He was very um, methodical with letting plays develop. Nick Chubb is the same way, but when Nick Chubb sees a hole, he's able to hit it right away and has another gear. And I just think you, you look at the power that he has, um, the size, the speed. Derrick Henry is a force, of course. You have Christian McCaffrey, an all-around back. But the best pure runner in the NFL is Nick Chubb. And he's also going to go under the radar a little bit more this year, too, with Deshaun Watson um, taking the reins of this offense. The reason I say that, the Browns are going to heavily feature feature Nick Chubb still. But don't get me wrong. This is Like I said, this is Deshaun Watson's offense. Nick Chubb might not be averaging 20, 25 carries a game. There might be games where he gets 13 carries. Deshaun Watson might have 350 yards some games. It's just going to be how it is this year. In the past, the Browns were relying on Nick Chubb to really be their offense, the focal point of their offense. It's not the case anymore. And so now you're going to have teams that are going to have to make a decision. Am I going to key on read option, RPO? Am I going to key on Nick Chubb or am I going to key on Deshaun Watson? I mean, good luck having to make that decision because that's a very difficult decision to make. And when you get in the red zone, it might be easy. And I would still agree, give Nick Chubb the ball every single time. Of course, that's I think that's always a good decision. But now you get to the five-yard line, Deshaun Watson or Nick Chubb. And then you look at all the other red zone options that the Browns have available to him and David Njoku, Amari Cooper, um, rookie Cedric Tillman, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jordan Akins. I, the Browns have weapons everywhere, but Nick Chubb still is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And I wish I really knew why, because if you look at his numbers, they're absolutely fantastic. He's never led the NFL in rushing, and maybe I don't know if that plays into it. He's been close, but it's not done that. Um, but just a guy who carries himself well, embodies the city of Cleveland, and is just a hard worker. Uh, he's a player I hope can be a Cleveland Brown throughout his entire career. I don't know if that's going to happen, of course, just because um, the end of his contract is quickly approaching here within the next two years, and he will be approaching 30 the Browns could very well move on from him then. But yeah, Nick Chubb is a fantastic football player. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. He does not get enough attention nationally for sure. Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter, kind of fresh. No, thank you. Would not want any part of that right there. That's that not good for a defense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I, I, I feel bad for defensive coordinators this year because I just – I don't know how you're going to really defend this offense now that Deshaun Watson is a part of it because a lot of times you could key in on just Nick Chubb. Just take away Nick Chubb. That's all you have to do. And it's not a slight to Baker Mayfield, but if you could shut down or limit Nick Chubb, you were probably going to beat the Browns because Baker Mayfield in his, throughout his NFL career, I believe, um, at least with the Browns, he only had one fourth quarter comeback. So if you were able to limit Nick Chubb, you were probably going to beat the Browns. That wasn't easy for a lot of teams to limit Nick Chubb. And now you have Deshaun Watson, who's a who we believe is going to be a top 10 quarterback this year, on top of having Nick Chubb next to him in the backfield. Yeah, that's going to be some tough decisions for NFL defensive coordinators to have to make. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what are – I saw I noticed that Denzel Ward is in concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. Are there any other key injuries going into this Sunday for the Browns that would worry you? Um, 
Honestly, no. Uh, Denzel Ward is the is the main one. He is in concussion protocol. I, I think with that, there's a good chance he'll end up playing on Sunday. I know he still is in concussion protocol, but keep in mind, he just, once he's out of protocol, he technically can play. Um, I think that he will end up playing on Sunday. I, of course, I could be wrong on that. Other than that, the Browns are pretty healthy for the most part. Uh, linebackers, Shioni Takitaki and Anthony Walker Jr. are expected to play in this game. And keep in mind, they both had knee surgeries this offseason, but they are back and it looks like they will be full go. Grant Delpit, he suffered a um, a forearm injury in um, training camp, I want to say about a week ago. Looks like he's going to be fine. He was day-to-day. Elijah Moore had a rib injury, but he appears to be 100% good to go, which is great news for the Browns. Other than that, they're the Browns are healthy. It's really nice to be able to say that. I hope I can say that after week one, that the Browns are fully healthy. So right now, very encouraged uh, with where the team is at. Now just have to go out there and deliver week one. There are no excuses anymore. There is nothing like last year, the excuse. The Browns don't have Deshaun Watson. 20, 2021, Baker Mayfield is playing with one arm. There's no excuses anymore. It's time to deliver, and there's no reason why. There's no reason that I can think of that this team should miss the playoffs. I, I, like, And that's, again, that sounds biased coming from a Browns fan, but when you look at everything from this offseason all the players they've added look at who they've added to the coaching staff Jim Schwartz Bubba Ventrone two of the better coordinators at their positions in the NFL this team has everything they need to make the playoffs and to be a Super Bowl contender there's no excuses there's really not a huge weakness on this team either that's kind of the scary part for um, a lot of teams out there well, I was going to ask you, what would you think is the Browns' biggest weakness? If mm-hmm. there was one, if you could find one, what is the biggest weakness on this Browns team that would kind of worry you a little bit? I would say, man, so the Browns did trade for Pierre Strong Jr. Um, from the Patriots. They did trade for him. Now, by trading for him, that's essentially going to be your third running back. And if you look at it right now, they don't necessarily have a veteran on that roster. If you look outside of Nick Chubb, that's they have 10 carries between Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong Jr. They're young guys. They have potential. I wish they would have gone out and added one more veteran. I really do. I understand why they didn't. I do. I still would have done it because – you just you need more depth at the position. I want somebody with experience. I, I and I just nothing against Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong Jr. I actually really like them as far as their talent that and that they can provide, especially Pierre Strong. I mean that run, running a four three, his numbers that coming out of South Dakota State were phenomenal, and he just unfortunately New England there was just they had way too many running backs there, so he was never going to really see the field, but. I just would have gone out, and when you see the money that Ezekiel Elliott got, I would have probably have given Ezekiel Elliott that to be Nick Chubb's backup, to be completely honest with you. Um, again, I understand why they didn't do it. I probably would have done that, though, because let's say something happens to Nick Chubb. Do you trust Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong right now? I'm, I can't 100% say with 
certainty that I do. So I would want a guy like Zeke Elliott or even, and I suggested this a couple weeks ago, some Browns fans really went after me for it. Um, I suggested Leonard Fournette because I think you can get him for around the same price as Zeke Elliott, maybe even cheaper than Ezekiel Elliott. I go out and do that because to me that's a no-brainer. And I think the reason Fournette, I don't think necessarily he wore down last year. I think that offensive line Tampa Bay was so bad that no running back was going to succeed back there. So that's what I would go out and do. Now, will the Browns do that? I don't think, I I think they're very content um, with what they have. But yeah, I would go out and make a move for sure. Yeah, Fournette, I mean, like you said, it's, you're not, you're not paying a whole lot for him. So you're not really losing out on a whole lot. And if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do you think is the key matchup for this game Sunday between the Browns and the Bengals? I think I think it's – we'll go – I'm going to go with particular position groups and then I'm going to go individual. So if you're going position groups, Bengals offensive line versus the Browns defensive line. That Before, I, you, before you continue, that was <laughs> going to be my key of the game. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Overall, but yeah, you go right ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, because I again, there aren't the Browns' defensive line was such a weakness last year, and you go out and you go from having a weakness to now one of the strong points, maybe the strongest point of the team now is this defensive line. Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Shelby Harris. Dalvin Tomlinson, and then you have Ogbo Okoronkwo that you can bring in as another pass rusher. I mean, good luck, not only to the Bengals, to the rest of the NFL. If this line stays healthy, they might lead the NFL in sacks. And Miles Garrett very well could be Defensive Player of the Year. He has never had this much talent around him. And Cincinnati historically has struggled just being able to block Miles Garrett by himself. And now you add Zedarius Smith. You add Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris to be able to come up the middle. I don't <laughs> – I just can't see on paper what offensive line can block this defensive line consistently. Now, I do think Cincinnati has improved their offensive line for sure. Um, I know Orlando Brown is big for that offensive cool. line, but I just think that the Browns have had so much talent there. That's what it comes down to. If the Browns win that battle – I think Joe Burrow's going to be in for a hard day in Cleveland. I, and I also think him not playing in the preseason, because I, I, I am under under the belief Joe Burrow's going to start. Zach Taylor yes. can do whatever he wants. I, I'm I'm saying until he is ruled out, Joe Burrow is starting on Sunday. Yes. Joe Burrow has never won in Cleveland. Um, yeah. And I think now this defensive line, Joe Burrow might even be a little bit rusty just because he did not play in the preseason. Not that he needs to. But sometimes I always believe players need to play in the preseason, even if it's for a quarter, to get some of that rust off. Joe Burrow has not played. Um, He's been battling an injury, and I think the Browns want to test that injury early. And I think Jim Schwartz is going to send pressure after him. Jim Schwartz is not known to blitz a lot as a defensive coordinator. It's just not one of his main philosophies. But I think that they're going to end up um, going after Burrow a little bit. They're going to want to test out his his injury to see how if he's fully recovered from that or not so as far as uh position group that's mine and then i'm gonna go with jamar chase versus any of the browns corners um Mm -hmm. 
Jamar Chase historically outside of uh, maybe one or two games has not done great against the Browns. It actually might be one of his lower um, yardage totals and touchdown totals are, are, are against the Browns. Denzel Ward has done really good against them. Greg Newsom, but now you bring in Martin Emerson Jr. Who's a bigger body corner. I think that could cause some problems, uh, but more than likely, I think Martin Emerson will be on T Higgins, but can they contain Jamar Chase? That's the biggest question for the Browns defense. If they can contain him, I think the Browns win this game. If Jamar Chase is going for over 100 yards and two touchdowns, it might be a long day. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, like I said, the key for me is that offensive line and against that defensive line. And Zadarius Smith signing with the Browns hurts me personally because I'm a Kentucky fan. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the Ravens, and it's like, oh, no, I can't cheer for him. <laughs> then he goes to the Packers, it's like, okay, I can still root for him. Then he signs with the Browns, it's like, oh, no, I can't cheer for him again. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that, one's, that one's rough. I, I'm still shocked to this day we got him. I, I really am. I did not expect the Browns to get Zadarius Smith. I remember I was actually um, in a hotel room because I was uh, staying in Indianapolis for work. I All of a sudden – because normally I'm checking Twitter a lot in the off season. That's I keep up with a lot of our social media accounts, making sure news is updated and whatnot, and p- fans are getting it right away. But the fa- <laughs> the fact that I am just scrolling on my phone, uh, but then I turn my phone off and I'm watching TV and I get a notification of Bleach Report and it said breaking the Browns trade for Zadarius Smith, and I said there's no way this is true, like because I just like we didn't really have a ton of cap space at the time, so and I knew we could create it. But I'm like, there's no way. Also, the assets it would cost to potentially give it up. And turns out they got Zedarius Smith, and I couldn't believe it. Huge addition. Um, I don't think it's fair for the rest of the NFL. I really don't. There might not be a better tandem this year in the NFL than Zedarius Smith and Miles Garrett. So it's going to be yeah. it's going to be fun for Browns fans, but also feel sorry for the rest of the NFL. But you know what, the Browns deserve an opportunity like this for once to actually be good on defense potentially yeah and up front right there those are two some two scary dudes up front uh you also mentioned you also mentioned you thought burrow would be a little rusty coming off of uh not playing in the preseason i agree with that Mm -hmm. last year they started out against pittsburgh burrow chase higgins mixon none of those guys played in the preseason and it showed it took them a couple of weeks to get going I've got the bad feeling that that's going to be the same this season. And starting off at Cleveland uh, is not going to – I don't think it's going to work out too well for my Bengals this week. <laughs> no, yeah. I, isn't it funny uh, that you're mentioning the Bengals? Uh, last year, didn't they get blitzed in Pittsburgh? Was that week one or when was that? Or am I thinking that's, of a different year? That was week one. They lost by one. Okay. Oh, Burrow. Okay, my bad. They started off bad because they didn't Burrow throw a ton of picks. Yeah. Yeah, he okay. threw like four picks, I think, week one. Okay, they, that's, that's yeah. what happened. I knew – okay, I knew something happened. I, I couldn't remember because um, I know at one point, like, it was like I looked up and Joe Burrow just kept throwing picks. And I'm like, yeah. what in the world's happening here? Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense now. And then week two, they went to Dallas and Cooper Rush beat the Bengals by two and oh, it, it, yeah, uh, game-winning field goal, I believe. Yep. Okay. And then they got it going in week three, but that, those preseason games really would have helped them out 
to begin the season. I believe that this year too, and that's what's got me kind of worried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, but the Browns and Bengals—they'll book in the season this this year with the Bengals with the opener in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Browns and the Bengals split the series. The Browns beat the Bengals thirty-two to thirteen in Cleveland, and the Bengals beat the Browns twenty-three to ten in Cincinnati. What is your prediction for this Sunday's game? Whew. Well, I'm going to have to give it tomorrow night on our podcast, so might as well just might as well give it an early taste of it now. So I do think the Browns um, are going to come away with a victory. There are underdogs at home. They're home dogs opening week. Um, with this roster, Joe Burrow coming to town. And yes, I'm under the belief still Joe Burrow is going to play. I know it's still the national media tries to make it seem like it's a question to me. I don't think it is. I, I think it's a given he's going to play. Uh, even if yeah, he's even if he's, nine, even if he's 90%, I would be surprised yeah. if he didn't play. Um, yeah, I, I think Deshaun Watson is going to play very well. I don't think he's going to absolutely just throw it all around the yard. But I do say this. I think what's underrated in this game that no one's really discussing, at least from a national perspective or even local perspective, the fact the Bengals lost so many starters in the secondary, um, especially at the safety position. Um, I think that's big in this game. And so I think Deshaun Watson's going to play well. I think Nick Chubb might be a little bit rusty uh, because he hasn't played all preseason. Now, Nick Chubb being rusty and still scoring a touchdown is not going to surprise me and averaging nearly five yards a carry. I do think the Browns are going to win this game, though. Um, I, I'm going to go with a score prediction here of 31-21. Uh, I, I thought about making it closer. I think the Browns, though, are going to force some turnovers in this game. I think they're going to get after Joe Burrow. I think, again, Burrow has not done well in Cleveland. And I – Listen, I like Joe Burrow. Um, he'll always be a Buckeye to me, even though it didn't work out um, with Ohio State. I'm always going to look at Joe Burrow that way. I like him a lot. I respect him as a football player. I also believe he, like I said, he is going to be rusty in this game, and I see him throwing at least one pick. I, I think the Browns' defense could potentially force a fumble as well in this game. The Browns were one of the NFL leaders in the preseason of forcing turnovers, which is very encouraging considering the fact that under Joe Woods, the Browns were always one of the last teams in that category for whatever reason. I I think the Browns are going to win this game. It's going to be a really good game. I do think um, the Browns are going to come down. They're going to score in their first drive. Um, Kevin Stefanski is known for being really good when it comes to scripting that opening drive, one of the best in the league. And then I think – I do think um, the Bengals are going to get stopped. The Browns are not going to score in the second drive. Bengals score in their second drive. We're going to have a game, and then we're going to get to about midway through the third quarter. Things are going to change a little bit. So 31-21, it's not going to be a blowout, um, but the Browns will win back-to-back openers for maybe the first time since I've been alive. Well, I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Browns too. And as a Bengals fan, that that hurts me to say, but mm-hmm. I just think that preseason is really gonna hurt the Bengals again this season to begin the year. I'm gonna go 27-20 Browns uh, mm-hmm. this Sunday. I like uh, it. Yeah, okay. one one of us does. I'm I'm not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, like let I said, me ask me say it, but yeah, yes. Let me ask. Let me ask you because. What is your biggest concern for Sunday as far as 
maybe on the on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball because I am curious to hear that from a Cincinnati perspective because I mean if you look at social media like and it's nothing like I love Bengals fans but there are some that think that they're just going to walk into Cleveland and beat us by like 30 um but what are what are your biggest worries as a Bengals fan my biggest worry is this offensive line hasn't played together yet and they're going up against that defensive line the first game of the season and with Burrow coming in with already an injury, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's probably better. But they're going to go after Burrow, like you said. Can that offensive line hold up and keep Burrow healthy? Because you lose this game, it's not the end of the season, you know. There's 16 more games to go after this. Yeah. You've got to have your quarterback healthy because, you know, Will Greer or Jake Browning is not going to <laughs> give you the kind of production that Joe Burrow is. Exactly. That's my con- that's my concern on the offensive side uh, to start the season out, uh, and then on the defensive side, like you said, the secondary where we lost Jesse Bates, we're getting uh, a woozy a back. Uh, I really like Cam Taylor Britt. Mike Hilton's still there, but can can they replace Jesse Bates in that secondary? I know they like Dax Hill and Nick Scott come in from the uh, Rams. But can can they replace the production that Jesse Bates gave and the leadership that he gave on that defense? Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Jesse Bates. A lot of Browns fans thought we were in the running for him this offseason. Um, that would have been interesting, to say the least, if the Browns would have gone out and got Jesse Bates. But I do agree with you. That's a huge – people aren't talking about that enough. I mean, the Bengals losing Jesse Bates and Vaughn – I mean – is your two starting safeties mm-hmm. on a pretty solid defense that's not something that you can just ignore and I feel like it's something that isn't talked about at all and I'm a little well, surprised by that and and again this is I think personally and, and I still believe the Bengals win the division this year I think the roster got worse this offseason on defense would you agree or disagree with that I agree with that. They really like the draft picks that they got, but for this season, it's going to be hard to replace that experience of, like you said, a Von Bell and a Jesse Bates, especially in that secondary back there. But I like I like every other position that they've got. The linebackers, I like the linebackers and the defensive line, but in the secondary is the main concern for the Bengals this year. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and it's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. I, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have a, a pregame show, uh, which should be a lot of fun. And, you know, I, it's always fun talking with Bengals fans because, you know, it's the Browns and Bengals have a love-hate relationship, but we're all part of Ohio um, when it comes down to it. So I, I love yeah. these types of conversations. And it's also good sometimes to step away from the irrational Browns fans and the irrational Bengals fans mm-hmm. and talk to rational fans. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, we hung out in the basement for a long time in this division and now we're, we're heading up to the attic, you know I mean? We're heading up to the top. So (laughs) it's fun. It's nice that it's literally like, it might come down to, I mean, this, I mean, I know we haven't really talked about this, but it could very well come down to at the end of the year, Browns and Bengals for the AFC North title in Cincinnati. Yeah. And that would be a heck of a matchup right there in week 18. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so before you go, um, just got one more question here. Brownie the Elf or Buddy the Elf? Which do you prefer? <laughs> well, um, I love the movie Elf, first off. Uh, 
So that might – I'd probably have to say Buddy the Elf. But let me say this, though. I am one of the Browns fans – because there are some Browns fans that don't like Brownie the Elf. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think maybe it's just because of the cartoonish look that it has um, and kind of yeah. doesn't look very intimidating. I like it. Uh, I think it's cool because it's that old it, – it's the old school Browns, essentially. Right. And I, I like that a lot. So, you know what? I'm a fan of it. I would say um, – because it's also when you're talking about Brownie, you have to talk about the midfield logo that will be Brownie again this year. I do wish that it would have been the helmet option. It would have just been the orange helmet because I think, you know, it's clean. It's what we've done for so long. I'm glad it wasn't the new dog logo because they have been trying to push that nonstop. And I'll be honest, it has gotten annoying. Um, so I don't, I'm glad it wasn't that. But when it comes to Brownie, you know, I like it. It's old school. A lot of fans don't, um, and I wish I knew why. <laughs> but to answer your question, I will always take Buddy the Elf because Elf is one of my favorite. It's not my favorite Christmas movie, but it is in my it, it's in my top five for sure. Oh, it's a must watch every year. But I like Brownie the Elf logo as well, just because you know the helmet. It, I mean, I know you guys like it for the tradition, but I prefer Brownie the Elf. Over the helmet, and that's probably you know huh, just just okay. because you know it's just a helmet, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not even brown; it's a helmet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. No, it is. No, it, it, it is. I get it. And you know, me like them picking brownie for the logo. I, I'm honestly cool with it. Uh, I think maybe the only reason I prefer the helmet is just because again, it's it's just there. It, it's what we've had for so long. So I guess. Like, and I'm, I'm 27 years old, but I kind of like the traditions. <laughs> so, I mean, e- even though, like, that's what I grew up with was the helmet logo. So, I'd kind of right. like to see it, but I will admit, Brownie the Elf would be my second choice. And I like having it there because the old school logo that the Browns used to have, I do think it's good that that's kind of making a comeback and becoming a foundation of the Browns franchise because it should be. Absolutely. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you taking your time out to come on the podcast this week and preview a little Browns and Bengals. Good luck out there this Sunday. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time as well, Brent. Um, It's been a lot of fun talk previewing this game with you. Wish you guys the best of luck. Truly, I do. Um, Of course, I hope we beat you guys. But as far as the rest of the season, I do wish you guys luck because I want to get to week 17. I want to be able to have this conversation with you again about how we, whoever wins that week 17 game is comp- is winning the AFC North title. So I really appreciate you having me on and um, I look forward to uh, talking with you again as well here in the future. Absolutely, man. Like you said, maybe we'll have a week 18 preview of the AFC North championship. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you to Tyler Johnson for joining the podcast this week. Once again, you can find Tyler on X at T underscore Johnson underscore TJ. Uh, He hosts the Faithful Dog podcast. Uh, Go check it out. And he also hosts a Ohio State football podcast called The Scarlet and Gray. So go check both of those out. And once again, I want to thank Tyler for coming on the show, taking his time out to come on here and preview it. Uh, It's nice to talk to uh, a rival fan, civil rival fan, uh, to preview the game. Football season's back. 
Can't wait for this Sunday. Bengals, Browns, who day? And we'll see you next week. I'm going from the couch. Thanks.